Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this ninth marathon edition, we'll keep track of the um, fundraising campaign. Uh, as as uh, I, we can even show it to you, it's a lot of fun. There you go, our full screen. There, if you're if you're quick enough, you can even click on that little QR code on your screen uh, and uh, find a way to give. Th- that's to give butter. We also have. Uh, um, Oh, you know what? I got to do that. I got to update the current because uh, there's actually more money that was brought through Venmo. So those two won't always jive, but that's how you can contribute and support us on the show. We certainly appreciate it. We'll send out some more links down the road on all of that. One of the teams that we mentioned on the, or not we, but Scott and Riley mentioned on the uh, double take was the Stevens women's basketball team, who's having a bang up season, just uh, uh, one blemish on the year. And, and at this point, that's that's speaking a lot. Uh, to your season if you only have I'm sorry one blemish in conference play three conference uh, three losses overall uh, had a pretty good game earlier this season against the sales which they won which is why they are tied atop the Mac Freedom Conference at this point so joining us on the blue frame tech I did it again it's changed it's the huddle huddle I'll get it right uh, oh I gotta fix one setting sorry we keep forgetting this uh, every time we end a zoom call we have to reestablish the connection uh, joining us on the uh, huddle Hoopsville Hotline is Megan Howie, the head coach of the Stevens Ducks, who are 18-3 and overall. That's that one loss in conference action against Misericordia. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, Coach, you got to be thrilled with just how the season's gone so far. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I have a great group of women. They uh, work hard every day. I can't speak highly enough of them. They've got a great, you know, family culture. They get along. Um, and it's been fun. You know, it's it's gone by fast. I can't believe we're already here. It's, you know, starting February and uh, it's crunch time, but it has gone fast, which is always, you know, when you get to this point, you never know. It could be a long season or it could be a fast one. So it's, it's uh, we're moving, you know. You're, you're right. It feels like just yesterday we were just turning around from the holidays and suddenly yeah. we're staring at three and a half weeks to the end of the regular season, first regional rankings coming out and all that fun stuff. Um Listen, what's really impressive about this season is not only have you had a good season, but you've taken on some good teams. Some of them maybe you thought were going to be better than they were. I, I see the George Fox sitting on there. That certainly is an unfortunate scenario. They aren't the, the behemoth we're used to. But, you know, you, you beat um, Kane. You've lost to Catholic, but you beat Moravian. You've certainly taken on some of the NJACs and gotten them. Montclair would be another one of those examples where maybe not as strong as they usually are, but still a really good team. Uh, and again, you got you played Tufts. Tufts tripped you guys up, but you beat George Fox. And then you come back into conference play, and you get a huge win, a huge win against DeSales, 49-48. Unfortunately, three days later, Misericordia, thank you for your efforts. Mm-hmm. I-, I dare ask, was there a trap somewhere in there? Was, was it, whew, we beat DeSales and we forgot about Misericordia, or are we overthinking this? No, you know, they outplayed us. They played a great game. You know, it's tough to play there. I don't think yeah. I ever won there, to be honest. Uh, I didn't tell my kids that, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's not an easy place to play. They play well at home. They're well coached. Jason does a phenomenal yeah. job. They have weapons, you know, and any night it's conference play. It's the second time around. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. every team in our conference has gotten better and knows your weapons and knows what you like to do. So, you know, they, they, they got the best of us that night. They earned the win. They're a good team. You know, I, uh, I can't say enough about them. And so I think for us, it was a learning lesson to hit pause and say, you know, what, what are we working for? What do we want out of the season and what went wrong? You know, what, what did we not do? 
game and reflect a little. You know, I don't think we uh, were playing our pace and we didn't rebound. You know, we weren't as focused on those little details. And, you know, that'll get you in the end. So um, yeah. I think it was a growth moment for us. You know, we hadn't hit much adversity in the second semester. And so, hey, got to grow from it, got to learn from yeah. it and uh, keep building, you know. The disadvantage is you, you had a, the lead in the conference by a game because you beat the sales. The advantage is you haven't fallen that far behind, and until you rematch, you've got the tiebreaker on them. Obviously, that, mm-hmm. that rematch is coming. And you got a two-game lead on Mr. Cordy, who's sitting second in the conference at 8-3 and three, while you and DeSales are 11-1. and one. Um, You've got Acadia next, then Kings and DeSales finishing with Lycoming on the, um, on the final four games, uh, home, away, away, home. What's what's been driving this team this season? What's been the 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 nuanced or the trigger or the lock key or whatever it is that's got this team clicking the way it is this season? Yeah, you know we have a lot of newcomers. Um, we have uh, we kind of have a big gap in between the freshmen and the seniors, and the, we have two grad students also. Um, we do have obviously sophomores and juniors, but not many. Um, and we tried to make things simple and take with what we got, you know, and we have a phenomenal point guard in Layla Castro is only a freshman. Wow. She pushes our pace as does Sammy Shea and um, who comes in off the bench. So it's just been playing fast, letting our defense create offense and they've enjoyed it. You know, try not to do too much thinking and focus more on the toughness plays, the boards, the assists, sharing the ball. They are a very unselfish group. So they love, you know, priding assists as much as they do scoring. So like I said, my job seems easy this year because, you know, they naturally have built a chemistry that sometimes as a coach takes a long time to build, you know. Um, and so that's a testament to them, you know. And uh, every setback, they've been willing to sit down and dig a little deeper, watch a lot of film, see where our improvements are. And so, you know, they really do have a growth mindset on the season. And uh, it's been great. So I think it's just more a lot of personality mixed in with trying not to overcoach and get in their way, you know. <laughs> that sometimes is the toughest thing, is it not? Yeah, sometimes it is. So, you know, I think we tried to go real slow this year with what we were doing and what do we have. And, yeah. you know, obviously we went back in Jess Broad and Alyssa Century, Danielle Cornetta, Amber Perrette. You know, we knew what we had, but what would these freshmen bring was a very, like, going to be a going to be interesting. And they've brought a ton. I can't speak highly enough about all of them. They're all at a very high level and they play hard. Um, and they've they've gotten us to this point, helped us get to this point, as well as, like I said, um, Lucy Alberici is phenomenal. She plays the one through the five this year. She plays every position for us. We've had to use her at this year and she is tough and she's open to that challenge. So, you know, like I said, they've assumed their roles. They enjoy being together. Um, and it's kind of, a, you know, it's allowed us to succeed. It's allowed us to do well. And, uh, it's been fun. So, yeah, you're outscoring your opponents by 17 and a half points a game. That's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. What's also significant is you're holding them to 52 and a quarter. Uh, that's a pretty low number. They're shooting 31% from the floor, which is outstandingly low. 24% from the floor. Um, obviously, you're out rebounding your opponents by about almost six. Um, is this? I'm assuming we've asked this before. This is a defensive oriented unit that goes and then scores when needed, right? Right. Yep. I mean, we're trying to really play. We've pressed more this year than we've ever before. You know, we're pressing in the man-to-man full court. We've got foot speed that can do it and defenders, you know, and our guards that can do it. So um, that's helped. And, you know, that's what we pride every day. You know, every day is rebounding, offensive crashing, and defense, getting stops and playing man-to-man, keep it simple, you know. So 
they've they've thrived in that. And I think our defense creates our offense. I think when our defense doesn't create our offense is where we have some games that are lower scoring where it's tighter and it's harder to pull away or harder to get that run that allows us to some, sure. you know, some breathing space. So we've really focused on that. And uh, the defensive end is, is just where we focus and we let offense come. But, you know, like I said, they, they're very unselfish and they play at that pace that allows us to also wear down teams a little bit if we're pressing and then running. Um, and that's been new too. We haven't been able, we haven't preached pace as much as we have this year. And I think it's just, you see it as a natural in our point guards and it was, Hey, let's do this. You know, it's fun. I think all the kids are like, this is fun. It's a great way to play, you know, just get up the floor and, you know, work with each other, just play, you know? So it's been nice. Uh, looking at the individuals, you got Jess broadly in the way, uh, in terms of scoring, shoots 51% from the floor, doesn't take a lot of threes. Um, so not much of a threat there, but we'll hit five out of her 10, 73% from the free throw line at 15 points a game. She's pulling down six rebounds on there. She's third on the team in assists. She's first on the team in steals. She's first in blocks. Uh, obviously she's your everything, but that doesn't take away from, uh, Alyssa, Senkaira? In Century. In... Yeah, that's the first time I've looked at a name and don't see it. That's amazing. In Century. Okay. Uh, Alyssa in Century, 14 points a game, three rebounds. You've got Leah, uh, Layla uh, Castro at, uh, oh, I just lost it, nine points a game. And I wanted to bring up Amber Porter because she's averaging just shy of 10 rebounds per game yeah, while pouring in six and a half rebounds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And on yeah. top of that, you've got Broad pulling down six rebounds. I mean, you've got a couple of rebounding options, and that is so key, especially on the defense end. And you don't want to give up second-chance points. You want to control everything. And if you are having a bad shooting night, you want to make sure somebody's cleaning it up. Yep, yep, and they do. You know, I think uh, they're very consistent in that. Amber, you know, she's she's our steady Eddie when it comes to to the boards. We know, you know, she's in the game. It's hard to get rebounds on her. She uses her body well. She has a knack for the ball. She'll hunt balls till they're out of bounds, you know. So she gives that extra effort all over the floor. Um, Jess is just a natural athlete. I mean, she's just an athletic kid. You know, she can guard a, a guard. She can guard a big. Um, and, you know, she's not boxing as much, but she can now jump most kids in the gym. So she's a little different than Amber in that she uses her athleticism to get those boards. And, uh, you know, it makes us go. And Alyssa... Um, Alyssa's great. You know, we've been working on our offensive crashing, but she provides a speed, a court vision, and a defensive intensity um, that makes our team, you know, go. So that's, you know, watching her play is super fun. And um, she's a great kid to coach. And, you know, she gets always has quiet points, is what we say as coaches, is you don't realize sometimes when you leave and she scores 22 because it's very quiet, it's very balanced. It comes throughout the game um, at different times and it's spread out. And uh, she does a little bit of everything. So, and you've got a mix of upperclassmen and, and underclassmen. Broad, a graduate student, uh, in Century, a, a junior, Castro, a freshman, Cornita, a senior, et cetera. You, you've got this <clears throat> this mix, which is great for kind of the evolution of the program and keep it kind of clicking along as as time moves on. Yep. You know, I think, uh, like I said, we weren't sure what, you know, you never know what freshmen come in with and how they want to be coached and what the fit is, but I, I can't speak highly enough. They, they've assimilated into our culture. They make us better. They're fun kids. They're funny and they're easy to coach, you know, they're workers. Um, and so I'm excited for what, you know, the future brings with them as, as core, you know, piece to everything we're doing. And we have, 
you know, we have great upperclassmen coming back again, and some of not as num they don't have as many in their class. Like I said, like Lucy's the only uh, sophomore for us right now, but she is a force. You know, she is she is just great. You know, and she uh, she's come off the bench as her sixth man a lot this year, but you know, she's very capable of starting and assuming one of those roles if somebody gets hurt. Which Layla, we've lost the last two games. Um, she hasn't played, so Lucy came in and played the point. You know, so like I said, she's kind of done a little bit of everything, but. Yeah, you know, I think having that balance in what we're doing allows for uh, veterans to come back that next year and at least know what the expectations are. We're always going to be defense first, but, you know, that toughness and that, you know, commitment to that end of the floor, I think, has has done well for us. So uh, at, at one point last year, we're, we're past that that point, but I'm, I'm curious. At one point last year, I think you were 13 and two. Um, and then, unfortunately, the the finish of the season did not go well. Finished five hundred, went five and five in the final ten. Didn't make the NCAA tournament. It just kind of sputtered out. And I know there's lots of reasons for it. Certainly not looking into that necessarily. But I'm more curious about. Okay, you've you've gotten past that point. Obviously, we're we're at eighteen and three now. We're we're well past the final ten games. We're into the final ten games. What? Are, are you using anything from last season in that stretch to remind everybody this season isn't over and there's still a lot to play? Or is there a mentality of that's already in the past, we're done, and, and we don't even remember it anymore? Yeah, you know, I, we haven't talked about it. We don't bring it up. And I think as a coach, sometimes you get to February and the team's tired. You know, you, you have different yeah. things that happen. Your kids, you know, at, at, you know they are um, – they're going to school. There's a lot going on. And sometimes you don't have the gas on the pedal to be able to push in, in those weeks that you need to. And uh, and that's just life. You know, it, it's disappointing, but it's not that they didn't want it. They didn't try. They didn't push. It just wasn't happening for us when we needed to at, at that moment. And so um, I think for us this year as coaches, you know, it's how do we, you know, this weekend we have an off weekend, a bye weekend. And I think it's the greatest thing ever. We need a chance to recharge, you know, a chance. It's it's kind of comes at that best time where, you know, February can yeah. be a dog if you're not ready for it especially for some of these young kids that it's a long season so um you know instead of talking about that it's more we spend a lot talking about who we want to be and what's our end vision and where do we see ourselves and approached it from that angle you know we have a lot of new kids on our team we graduated a big class last year that didn't walk that life and didn't experience that and we really are a whole different group it's a different feel and uh, neither good nor bad is different you know every year is different so um we're kind of on our own journey and excited for this and uh We've got great leadership and, you know, got to just keep battling, keep fighting. And uh, this is the go time. So, yeah, I know DeSales is still a few games away. You got to get past Acadia first and then Kings, then before sales and then lie coming. But what are you chatting with with the team? You, you talk about not worrying about last year, but what's the message as you as you move forward about whether you're focusing on one game at a time or one moment at a time or how do you prepare? Is it about rest? Is it about making sure that they focus on nutrition, whatever. What What's the message to the team as you as you grind to the end here? Yeah, you know, after the Misericordia loss, we have a roadmap in our in our locker room now um, of every game that we play come, moving forward to the championship and NCAA tournament. And the vision is to be in the tournament and to win a conference championship. And we've broken it down one game at a time. So our vision, we all have the same vision, but it is broken down into one game at a time because I think that's what last year taught us is that you can't, you're not going to get to the end until you, unless you focus on the steps along the way and they're all building blocks on our journey to that destiny. So we had that talk and we 
um, did some visualization together in order to make sure we're all on the same page because you have kids that have never been here, but, you know, that are major minutes for us that this is all new to. So we were able to spend some time doing that. So I think that's, you know, that feels good that, you know, everybody wants the same end goal. And from there now it's pushed, you know, working hard in practice today because we don't play this weekend. We pushed them hard. You know, we, there's sure. no, like, there's no, uh, no break time, but, uh, yeah. And then, you know, always figuring the balance out mentally. Um, it's not easy here at Stevens. They got a lot, a lot on their plate, but that's yeah. what makes them great. You know? So, yeah. That's a nice view though. Yeah, it is. The view, the view ain't too shabby. Um, it will look different next year. Lyco and Wilkes leaving for the landmark, which coincidentally was where Stevens was supposed to be many <laughs> moons ago when the landmark was right. formed. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, Looking forward to that. How's uh, are you used to the fact that you got to find four more uh, games no, to? <laughs> I can't. Find it. I have two more openings if anyone wants to play. Two more, um, right? Because they'll make some switches. Lev Val coming into the conference. Don't get me yeah. even. Mm. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's hard. Anyway, you know, it's hard to find two games that I might not be able to return the next year, depending on what happens. And sure, so you know, we are flying to Oregon. We're playing in the George Fox tournament. Coach Mike's a great guy, and uh, we uh, agreed he come to us this year. We go to them, so that'll nice. be exciting. But yeah, it's it's not easy. I think uh, even our men's coach, you know, Coach Hurley, is we're we're trying to figure out who who wants that. You know, one game mid December when most teams are in conference play isn't yeah. easy. So we'll see. But it's going to change. It's going to be different. You know, I think uh, you know as times are with a lot of conferences across the board. It's just you know times are changing. So I you know we're optimistic that we get good teams in to elevate the level of play. I always think that's our goal is to play the best and be the best conference we can be. And um, so that's our, you know, our hope is that we get, get some good teams in there. So, um, well, good luck. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how it all plays out um, and rooting for you guys. Cause it's always fun to, to, to see the Stevens ducks playing. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, I just get a kick out of it. Uh, I, it might be the mascot. It might be. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. As always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? No, I just want to thank you for all you do and putting us on this platform and inviting me here tonight. And, uh, yeah, good luck. I know you only have a few hours left, right? Oh, just, just a few hours. Just a couple, two, three. What, what's one more show in the books out of doing four today? Uh, Megan, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Thanks, Dave. Have a good night. You too. Megan Howie joining us from Stevens again, having a tremendous season. Three losses overall, 18-3, and 11-1 in conference play. Speaking of the conference, and I said it there at the end, so Lycoming and Wilkes are leaving the MAC as a whole, and so the Commonwealth and, and the Freedom are looking to balance themselves out, and they're going to move Lebanon Valley to the Freedom. And I'll be, I'll be blunt, it makes no damn sense to me. Uh, Albright, Alvernia, and Leb Valor in this little circle, they should stay on the same side. Um, maybe Eastern's the one that should have gone to the Freedom, though I think they've been back and forth now that I think about it quite a bit. You can't move Stevenson or Hood. They're too far away. Maybe Widener should have been the one that went to the Freedom. I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, these moves are what caused... Lyco and Wilkes to depart in the first place. I know Lyco was not happy about being put in the freedom. Uh, they wanted to stay in the in the Commonwealth. Um, 
Some people can vote to how they voted for it. That was a safe face, as I've been told. Um, This is the kind of stuff the Mac does. The Mac gets so large. You get so many cooks in the kitchen. You get so many different types of voices, some of them very strong, that decisions get made that irk others in the conference, and the conference shrinks. And then when the conference shrinks, it then grows again. Um, It's the way it survived. And by the way, the reason they don't have a fine, despite what they tell you, uh, they don't have a fine for conf- uh, teams leaving conference early. Uh, their idea is they want to give schools the, the benefit of the doubt and give them the flexibility. And at the same time, um, there's there's a statement that um, you know they, they, it's just not what they believe in. It's really so they can make moves like this, move Lebanon Valley over, move Lyco when they move Lyco, um, without having to go through the formalities of treating these like two different conferences. That's the trick. Because technically, they're two different conferences with un- one umbrella office. Technically, if you were to leave ahead of two years on a contract, you got to pay that conference that you're leaving a, a, a financial penalty. And in my opinion, the reason they don't have it is so they can make these moves uh, as easily as possible. But anyway, I digress. Love Val is the one who will be replacing in the Freedom as uh, Lyco and Wilkes joins the Landmark Conference next year as a full-time members. Of course, that's a football move, and there's a lot of other football moves to come. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll head out to the West Coast. Good friend of the show, Fred Rogan, will join us. He just retired being a TV man, but he's still a radio guy. We'll talk to him about the Skyac. He's got thoughts there. He also has some thoughts on the future of Division Three. We'll have a conversation with him, and, and then we'll stay on the West Coast and talk to Claremont Mud Scripps senior guard, um, double-checking names because I forget, Josh Engel. It's been that long in the show already. You're listening to Hoops Show presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We hope you'll join us for so much more because don't forget, uh, when we're done with all our coach and guest interviews, we got the happy hour to come. That's always a lot of fun. More after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. 
No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Welcome back to Hoopsville here on the Marathon as we roll along. We are, I don't know, where are we at? Oh, yeah, we're in our seventh hour as we have done six-plus already on the air. Because we crazy. We're raising funds for the Hoopsville uh, <laughs> Hoopsville Foundation. There's no foundation. We're just raising funds um, to keep the show going. We're in our 20th season. We want to keep going. Um, raised about very little so far, as you can see on our screen. But we've gotten our Give Butter and our Venmo uh, links all updated on our show page. We'll uh, do some more tweaking on that. We'll continue to promote it. So if you want to donate to the cause, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, we're going to jump all the way out to the West Coast now because this is the right time to talk to people on the West Coast versus talking to them earlier in our show when they're maybe just waking up or they have a lot better things to do than be on our program. And joining us is a friend of the program, uh, Fred Rogan, who uh, is now the former sports anchor at uh, KNBC, but still the host at uh, AM570 LA. And we should point out, has an affinity for Division Three, Fred, because your son just can't get enough of it, can he, sir? No, he can't get enough. And also, congratulations on your marathon. Congratulations, Thanks. Dave. No one would undertake a, a task as arduous as this, but you're the man to do it. And it is no. really <laughs> impressive. The sarcasm uh, yeah. is noted, sir. <laughs> no, no, please. I'm sincere in everything I say. It's heartfelt. <laughs> Uh, well, I've seen also, some of yeah, your ads. I, I just stepped away from doing daily news at NBC in Los yeah. Angeles. I've done it for 43 years, but I'm transitioning into some other stuff. So I'll still be on TV in LA. I'm just not going to do the news every day anymore, but I do do my radio show on AM 570 every day, noon to three here. You can listen to it on the iHeartRadio app, by the way. I have. The yeah. 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 Still gainfully employed. Uh, <laughs> and I do, I do have an affinity for D3 sports. My son, Jack is playing his final year in Chapman, which is- Are we sure? Of, yeah. Yeah, no, he- Dave, you can't be 39 years old with four kids. And play it's not good. Uh, but he has had just a magnificent time in, in a magnificent conference. I am a huge proponent of D3 athletics. Uh, and I, you know, I have some thoughts on how we can improve that. 
uh, and how we can bring more recognition to Division three college sports. I definitely want to get to that. We won't bore everybody with the story about how you contacted me, and I remember looking down at my phone going, somebody is punking me right now. There's no way a Mr. Fred Rogan, because I know, I know you. I knew you even from the East Coast. There's no way. Anyway, that's a story that we'll enjoy at a future date. We've told it before. Uh, I want to jump into the Sky Act first. Um, listen, we, we have said nationally that the Sky Act is undersung. We have seen it in the national tournament. We've seen it in some national games that the conference continues to impress. Um, and I think we had a good debate on Monday about the fact that, you know, Eric Bridgeland being at Redlands, and one argument is that'll make the conference even better. My argument was you might see him struggle because the conference was already pretty good. Claremont Mud Scripps, Pomona Pitzer, Chapman. These teams have been playing really good basketball. They've got really good talent. And they're starting to make a wave on the national scheme. But from your perspective, what are we still missing? Okay. Well, I'll start with this. Uh, Eric Bridgeland has now, and I think it's his third year. I think it's his third uh, I- season. There was yeah, a agreed. COVID year, and then last year. Yeah, it gets and, confusing. Right, okay. right. Now he's got his guys. Now he's gone out and built a team that he would have built at Whitman. And right. they're good. And they're fast, and they're athletic, and they press, and they trap yeah. all over the floor. That's a style of play that we've not seen in the Sky Act. And it took him three seasons to finally get his guys. True. But now he's got his guys, and they look pretty good. Um, Pomona is just a powerhouse every year. Well coached, big kids, strong kids, uh, yeah. pound the ball on. They are playing a zone this year more than I've ever seen them. Claremont also very well coached, uh, always big, always strong, always competitive. And Russell White has really done just a terrific job at Calou. Uh, he's yeah, finally got these guys, and they are now in the midst and they are fighting. But here's the thing about the Skyac, and I've learned this because my son is a D3 athlete, and actually helped me understand this stuff. Uh, not a lot of love out here. Not a lot of support out here. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. You know, when it's tournament time in Chapman, where Jacko's got an at-large last year, and they, they look, they had a pretty good game. They blew an 11-point lead with three and a half minutes left yeah. in Boston uh, when Mary Harden Baylor started trapping. But nonetheless, still a terrific season. Pomona was in it last year as well. Out of sight, out of mind. And there's a number of reasons for that. First of all, I don't believe the coaches in this conference understood what it took to compete on the national stage. You know, I've learned that you have to play a very strong preseason schedule. You cannot yeah. schedule Little Sisters of the Poor and the Boys and Girls Club of Arcadia and go out there. You you, you got to travel, you got to play. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen since Eric Bridgeland's been here. Schools are doing that now. Pomona, Claremont, Calu, they all play pretty tough schedules preseason-wise. So, you know, when it comes time for you to make your tournament selections, and if it's tight, you know, you look at strength of schedule. Well, everybody pretty much understands that now. Everybody gets it. And in doing so, they have recruited better athletes, okay? And in doing that, the conference has improved. It's much better than it was. You know, I really think that D3 sports, um, a lot of the coaches who have been in their positions and highly respected for years, it's like the kind of job where I got it. And uh, if I don't screw it up, I can be here forever. There's some truth to that, what yeah. I, yeah. What I'm seeing now 
at least here with some of the schools is I got it, but I want to win. I got it, but I have an objective here. My objective is not just to have a wonderful family, live down the street from the college, and hey, let's roll the ball out there and go. They want to win. And in doing so, becoming more competitive, they are attracting better athletes. And in attracting better athletes, you play a tougher preseason schedule, and all of a sudden, people around the country wake up and open their eyes and realize yeah. there's a pretty good conference here in Southern California. No, that's all. That's all true. Um, absolutely agree with you. And and you're also seeing it in the way they're improving facilities. Um, well, and- look, 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 Dave, let's be honest here. L- let's be honest. <laughs> Some schools are improving facilities. Oh, I didn't say all. <laughs> no, no. Some schools no. are not improving facilities. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I mean, I don't know how many of your our listeners or viewers have had a chance to come out here and watch any games. You go to Claremont, oh, God, that is unbelievable, that facility. Yeah. And Pomona, because Pomona really has a um, uh, an abundance of riches. They just yes. don't know how to spend their money. So they just improved their gym, which was spectacular to start. Uh, you know what? We built this six years ago. Let, let, let's, let's add to this right now. So yeah, it's it already is. old. <laughs> yeah, it's already old. We'll fix it. Where Redlands has been around like 100 years. Yeah. They haven't been able to fix that. Chapman could have a little upgrade. The Calou facilities are beautiful. So the yeah. gyms are better. People are more competitive. It's tougher in a market like this because it's so large right. to get people to come to these games. You know, we're not doing a very good job. And I talked to Jen Debo, who's the commissioner of the Skyac, who's terrific. Somebody yes. you should get on your show. Um, Noted. <laughs> how do we let, how do we let people know about what this is? How do we attack the market uh, in a market like Southern California, Los Angeles proper, Orange County has five million people. How do we attack that and let them know there's something special here, and they need to be a part of this, and they need to come out and see it? I spoke uh, at Chapman for their Hall of Fame inductions, and I talked about the difference between a D1 athlete and a D3 athlete. Okay, everybody talks about student athletes. Well, in college, they're all student athletes. Actually, they're not. That's an incorrect assumption. At the D1 level, they're athlete students. Mm-hmm. You can go to the transfer portal and jump at any moment. Yeah. And the NIL money is so great. Please don't tell me my dream school was always Wichita State when in 15 minutes you could be playing at Duke. So don't, right. don't do that. Yeah, good. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not fair. It, it's wrong. Uh, but at the D3 level, they are truly student athletes. They are there for an education. They are there to learn. At the D3 level, oftentimes you find tomorrow's leaders because they're so focused on academics. And quite frankly, the requirements to get into most of these schools is pretty tough. You got to right. be smart you, yeah. and you got to be a student. So these are true student athletes. They are students that compete rather than being athlete students use sports to make it jump to the next level and whatever school they're in at that time or however much nil money they can make good they're gone they're like pros d1 athletes in major sports are pros at the d3 level they're really students i think there's a great story to tell there and I, i just think that they have to figure out how to tell that story dave I mean, obviously, you're preaching to the choir on my end, but I, and I agree with you. I just haven't had the ability, other than this, to, to preach on that. Um, 
I'm curious, a good transition here to talk about the future. We had Luis McCleary on the show earlier talking about how they're going to spend a little more here and spend a little more there because we've got a bit of a surplus to spend. Uh, we should be getting a little bit more money from the contracts. Granted, D3 only gets 3.19% of the overall operating budget anyway. Uh, and we spend every darn penny of it uh, trying to improve things and make it better. I'm curious your take. Where, where How can we sell the division well, there's multiple questions here, and we're not going to be able to get to it all. But how do we sell the division to make eyes come to it? How do we find sponsors maybe so we can bring in more money just for the division? How do we promote the division? How do, I, I've got ideas of how we could showcase it, but it comes down to costs and you know who foots those bills. I'm curious where your take is. Well, look, I in my conversation I had with uh, Jen, I said the first thing you need to do is you need to go out and spend some money. Don't have a ton, but what you got and hire an agency hmm. that understands how to get people interested in what you do. Look, if I'm a, a, a Nike or an Apple or a Google or any big ticket companies, understanding that if you throw in here at the D3 level, these kids are gonna buy your products. Mm -hmm. Apple, these guys are gonna buy, these graduates are gonna buy your computers they're going to right. need those because they're going to be leaders. And if you target high-end companies that understand the value of education and how you can grow this early and get these as consumers and customers that keep coming back to you and have them invest in something like this, you have an entirely different business model. That's a good you know, point. You can't, you can't make your money from what the NCAA gives you. You've got to take control of your own destiny. And I really think there's an incredible story to be told here. If you just go to major companies and explain, and you won't need a lot of explanation because they get it. These students are your future. These students are your future. And they're going to have kids. And because they were your future, their kids will be your future. So who would fit in in a situation like this? And I'm talking about big ticket people. If you had an Apple, because they don't do a lot of stuff, but I think this would be right up their alley. Think about anything, anything, any product that appeals to hardworking, highly educated, driven people. Go to the market with that. Come with us. Granted, you're not going to be at Cameron Indoor Stadium with 19 thousand people in the crowd right your sign's not going to be seen there but no. what you will do is you will have your message shared across america in in gyms and in colleges everywhere the people that will use your product and i think that's how you attack this i don't think you look at it from the standard uh well the ncaa only gives us three percent of the budget and, uh, you know, we got this guy, Joe's Automotive, and he'll give us $20,000. No, 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 no. This is a much bigger play. And I think that the people that operate the division really should be looking at it like that. And if they do, I think the possibilities are endless. And the other side of it is this, Dave. When you're trying to sell, when you're trying to get people on board, when you try to get them to join you, you're going to get a lot of no's. Simple. Oh, sure. It's easier yeah. to say no than to say yes. Okay. You don't take no for an answer. You have such an incredible presentation that they can't say no. 
They have to say yes. And I think that's really how you approach this. And uh, to me, a guy that's worked in media my whole life and, and you know, been to every sporting event on the planet, from the Olympics to the NCAA basketball championship, I have done everything, the World Cup, World Series, NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup. I have been to everything for NBC. I think that there's absolutely an opportunity here to grow this. And I think it's incumbent upon the people that operate the division to figure that out. You can't approach this anymore like you did. You can't go back. Well, you know, 10 years ago, we did it like this. Oh, you know, I know somebody will call this person and then, well, no. If you're going to go for it, you go for it. You think big. You have a great story to tell here. You have an incredible story to tell here. Don't be afraid to tell it. Well, I think I heard an argument when it came to whether it was trying to find sponsors and advertisers with this program or whatever, and and it kind of dovetailed off into some other conversations regarding the same topic. One of the ideas was, listen, a lot of these CEOs and and higher-ups at a lot of these institutions all came from Division III. As you said, they're not necessarily the the big D1 student-athlete who's uh, who figured it out after playing the pros and became a CEO somewhere. It's the guy who played in the Division Three men's basketball tournament or it was the gal who played in the field hockey championship or whatever and right. tapping into them. I, I mean, I think I'm certainly understanding of it. I think it's worth doing. I'm curious. It's not just getting them to buy in. Is it also, from your media perspective, is the idea of doing a national game of the week maybe in just one individual sport each week, not in every single sport, or that's where you eventually grow to. Is that doable? Is there a market out there to be able to do that, whether it's on an ESPN Plus or on Peacock, or just simply stream it and promote the hell out of it? Is that an avenue, too, to try and tell the stories, if you use that time to tell the stories? I think that that is a difficult sell as we sit here now. First, the concept is fantastic. I think it's a difficult sell as a one-off. In other words, you're not going to get uh, ESPN Plus as a one-off. No, it doesn't work. Right. But what you could do, and you know, you think it through. Every school, for example, in basketball, you know, you log onto the website, you can see live stats, you can see the game streaming, you promote it on the school websites. You let every player in the country know it's a national game of the week. And then you stream it from a location. And it, it streams across everybody's website. So initially, you're not going to have a lot of audience for that. But it will grow. And it will grow when you do it. And then you can definitely bring people into the fold. You know, Then you can bring these sponsors, these advertisers in. And if you get in now, it's not going to cost you that much. Right. But if wait, it is going to cost you. Right. Get yep. it now. Here's the deal. Be one of our founding sponsors, one of our title sponsors. And, uh, you know, we'll make a couple of bucks. We'll start building this. I also think this at this level. And as I said, you have to take control of your own destiny looking for money. You have to take control of your own destiny. You have to take control t- completely of your own destiny. A national game of the week. Do it. Figure it out. Do yeah. it. You can stream it and done. Our TV at home, uh, you know, we have Chapman Hoops as an app yep. Yep. on our TV. So when Chapman plays, for example, we hit the app, you're watching, you know, on a giant TV, the game. 
You don't have to watch it on your phone. Yeah. You can get it on a big screen as well. So we if have you a, some, did that, I... Yeah. It's the same yeah, setup for the show. National, okay. Your national game of the week, for example, your concept. Well, we're not going to have somebody fly in here from Los Angeles to Illinois. That costs money. But you know what? Let's just figure out what a great matchup is that week. We look across right. the country. Okay, we got the schedule. It's in the Northwest Conference this week. These two teams. Pow, it's on. Take the feed. Run it. Brand it. Brand it. Own it. And once you've done that, you've started to build something. But you have to think in those terms now. You cannot rely on what has been done in the past. Because, honestly, the Division Three level has been left behind. Yeah. Well, they're fending for themselves. They're fend- I mean, the web streaming has evolved at the Division Three level because it was the only way to get the product out there after all the big TVs went to Division One. Right. So take control of it. Own it. It's special. It's unique. It's yours. It belongs to you, and ultimately it will belong to everyone who's a part of it. Don't be afraid. Think out of the box. Go for it. Just Go for it. I had a philosophy with the guys that worked with me at NBC. I'd always tell them, everything you've ever been taught and everything that you believe is right is wrong. And everything you've ever been told that is wrong happens to be right. (laughs) Everything. That means do whatever you want, be different, be creative, try things that you've never imagined you could try, and let's go for it. And when you do that, Great ideas come about. You do enact change. You are perceived differently. And I think I think uh, the D3 level is on a silver platter, and all somebody has to do is just grab it. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of you saying that of the Inside the NBA story. It's a producer who was at ESPN doing what they do, coming to Inside the NBA and saying, we're not doing it that way. In, in fact, I'm turning off the teleprompter. Good luck to you. Uh, and and Ernie's sitting there going, wait, there's no prompter. Well, now you got to figure out how to do it. And they completely revolutionized that idea of a show that no one's been able to duplicate because someone did think outside the box. Someone did say everything I've been doing is wrong and I want to do it all differently. Uh, so to your point, that's what I think of when you say that. Um, and I agree. And, and you say you have a media company. I'm just saying you have a media company, sir. Maybe you and I should talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, listen, I'm certainly available. I just, you know what, look, just from a purely business standpoint, Dave, from a purely business standpoint, even if we didn't care about D3 sports, and we do very, very much, even if we didn't, there's really money to be made here. I mean, and that's what's so mind-boggling to me, that the folks that run it don't get it. There's money to be made. You can make money with this. That's what the NCAA does with Division I college basketball. That's what they do. They make a ton of dough from it. Yeah, they do. That's what the NBA does. That's what hockey does. There's money to be made here if it's set up properly. And who's going to benefit? The real student athletes, not Absolutely. the athlete students. Absolutely. Once I get my nice house first, I, I just small small pittance. Just need a house. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, before I let you go, though, any other thoughts uh, on D3? Any other thoughts on, on what's going on in the Skyac or anything else? We'll give you your final word, too. But I, I'm just curious if there's anything we didn't hit on that, that you wanted to make sure to mention. It's tough. Conference is tough this year. Uh, there's yeah. a battle. Top three are pretty much locked in. 
and I'll be curious to see because I, I don't think we're going to make it. Chapman, we, we've had kind of a tough year, a lot of injuries. Yeah. But Cal, Lou, and Accidental are battling for the fourth spot, and the way our playoffs work is top four are in the playoffs. Right. COVID year, everybody went, which I think is a much better way to do it with a conference. I agree. Trip. I agree. That was fun last year. Everybody went. Yeah, I agree. I'm a fan uh, of that. Yeah, but we just have top four here. And it's kind of a, a battle for that final spot. Uh, but I think that the committee is going to have a tough a tough time because you've got teams out here that will will end up with very good records. Yes. And they, they deserve an at-large. And instead of the old, well, look, hey, it costs us enough to fly the conference champ out. All right, fine. You know, we'll scrounge some money together and not bring nine teams in from the Midwest who are 20 miles from each other. We'll bring another one. You may have a dilemma. You may have a dilemma. You may need to, you may need to take you may need to take three from out here. Oh, there are some very good teams. That happened in the women on the Northwest Conference a couple of years. Unfortunately, they had to play against each other. That rule's gotten removed, which would make it even more interesting if they're forced to fly them out completely because they can't play each other. No, you're right. I think there's some really good teams in the sky. I think the first set of regional rankings may not tell us a lot. That second week's going to tell us a ton on where the sky act sits. And by the way, on the women's side, Laverne is having a bonkers season, uh, and Redlands is right behind them too. I think the women is getting a little um, overshadowed by what has been an absolutely outstandingly exciting men's race. Yeah, and, and no, and, and please, the women, the women out here are highly competitive. Um, I haven't seen the rankings. I think Chapman beat a, a nationally ranked team at one point. I, I know right. Occidental ended up beating Chapman. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the women the women play very good basketball out here. They take it very seriously. We have a a, a young lady at um, Chapman, Julia Strand, who mm-hmm. is just spectacular. I mean, she's like a, you know a WNBA maybe player. She can play. So yeah, the women the women play very good basketball out here. Oh no, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing how they both kind of finish off. And sir, it is always good to chat with you, and I always appreciate the time that you give us. Um, always fascinating to get your perspective. I I'd love to take this conversation we've had and find a time where you and I can have it off off air somewhere because I've got ideas and I'd love to just bounce them around and see where we can go because I am I'm trying to pursue where we can go with some things and see where it can help the division. But you know, at the same time. To your point, where we got to cross that bridge somehow of getting um, sponsors in, and, and it seems logical. And I'd love to chat with you about uh, figuring out how to make it uh, logical to them as well. But in the meantime, always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? Uh, bottom line is this: uh, keep supporting D three athletics. Keep doing it. Real student athletes, real people that down the road are going to make a difference in life. And it's really cool. We did a segment here called Rogan's Heroes, all high school stuff. Tomorrow's stars today. Well, you know what? In D3 athletics, you have tomorrow's leaders today. So keep an eye on them, root for them, and then you'll see them down the road, and they'll be making big decisions. Oh, no, already. Jeez, how many NBA guys are are D3 people in the front offices? NFL uh, and Major League Baseball front offices. And, And outside of sports, obviously, it's even more rampant than that sir thanks as always appreciate it enjoy the weather i know you will and uh enjoy a little bit of time a little downtime and then we'll look forward to catching up with you soon appreciate it dave thank you absolutely fred rogan joining us on the uh 
Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, as always, great to chat with him. Love his intake, uh, his take, intake, whatever, on everything that is. We'll stay on the West Coast. We'll talk Claremont Mud Scripps basketball shortly. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue on the marathon, getting ready to close out uh, six full hours of the show, right? No, seven full hours of the show. Yeah, my brain's done. Uh, seven full hours of the show and head into the final. we got about an hour, what, hour and a half, hour or so left of uh, like segmented interviews, and then we'll open it up to the happy hour. We'll get some friends of the show in 
chat D3 and have some fun as we start to pivot and look at regional rankings. It'll be out soon and a whole lot of, of fun stuff as well. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com, which reminds me, I haven't checked the email in a bit. Nope, nobody says, has emailed us, so we're not going to worry about it. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we have the third version of our simulcast up and running. Facebook's got this little quirk about when uh, it doesn't get a feed, it immediately shuts things down instead of just letting you wait a bit to fix the problem. Uh, we're also on youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. We're live simulcasting the show there. I think I've got it all covered. If you've got any questions, we'd love to answer them. We're also raising funds. We'll send out an, another link on that here shortly to keep the show going after 20 seasons here on the air. Talking Skyac basketball, talking about it out there on the West Coast. Certainly, uh, Fred Rogan's a huge fan. No surprise. He's been a huge fan for a long time. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about other than just... Um, just what Fred thinks is so great uh, about uh, the Skyac. Hold on a second. Something's not working. We're trying to fix it here. Uh, that's odd. Let's try this. There we go. Um, you know, what is it that makes Division Three so great is the fact that we sometimes get to chat, chat with uh, student athletes, um, which I think is sometimes the most fun of, of everything. So joining us, I got a weird graphic here, but just bear with me as we try and figure out what's going on here. But I think we're going to be able to hear. Oh, I got that's what it is. Hold on. There we go. I think we're going to be able to hear Josh here. Is Forget the question mark on the broadcast here, folks, unless we can't hear from Josh. If we can't hear from Josh, then we know what the question mark's all about. Josh Angle joining us here. Oh, yeah, it is what it is because I for No, I did. Oh, whatever. We'll try it. Josh, can you hear us and can we hear you? No, nope, we're frozen. Somehow we lost Josh's signal. So, uh, oh, there he is. He's back. Oh, there we go. Josh, can you hear us okay? We cannot hear him. So that's on us, maybe. So bear with us. Let me just see if I can make a quick change. Try and force it through. I know. All right. So I'm going to take, so no one looks at a darn question mark on the air. We're going to at least pull that down. And so I can try and fix it real quick. That's weird that it just stopped working. Um, But we're working to fix it so that we can. Here from Josh. Huh. Lost our our audio. Well, that's just strange. Let's try that. That might do it. I think we might have fixed it. Um, boom, 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 and boom. Josh, I think you can hear us. Can you hear me? Can we hear you? We can't. All right, we're going to take a quick break so I can fix this problem, folks. Sorry about this. You're watching Hoopsville. We'll try and fix. It's our first major gremlin of the day. To be honest, we're amazed we got this far. Back with Hoopsville and Josh Angle in a minute. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. 
I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. These are your teams, your These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would... We're cutting the interview off right away, or the uh, commercial break off, because we were in there for way too long, as we finally got our audio back. As you see, Josh Angle is on our program now, back to where we should have been moments ago when uh, the system decided to just stop working properly. I'm Dave McHugh. Josh Angle, the senior guard from Claremont Mud Scripps, joins us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Josh, I- I'm pretty sure we can hear you now. Can you? All good? Oh, yes, thankfully. Good. Good to have you. Um, yeah. I realize basketball games are probably a little bit more challenging than what we just went through. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on the season you guys are having. You're in a dogfight at the top of the conference with Pomona Pitzer. We just got done talking to Fred Rogan, which by this point is about a half an hour ago, uh, about the-, the conference and how challenging it is. I'm curious, we'll get to the intricacies of the conference, we'll get to the intricacies of your team, but from a national perspective, um, how much has changed in your time frame about how the SCIAC is viewed, how CMS is viewed, et cetera? It's, it's changed a lot. I think our freshman year, we went up and played Whitworth, some games up in the Northwest, and coming out of it, kind of, we lost to Whitworth and had this perspective of an at-large bid is no longer possible. But to see Chapman get an at-large bid in the Sky get two bids last year was really encouraging for the Sky in general. And so seeing that perspective change over time, seeing the Sky and really all of Region 10 get more respect has been really, really great to see. Uh, it obviously has a lot to do with how you guys play. It also has to do with who you guys play. It has a lot to do with results in the NCAA tournament. And obviously, the the Skyac has made some waves even in the NCAA tournament of late. You're heading, you're in your senior campaign. Uh, whether you've got another year left or not, we're just we're noted as a senior. How important is it that you guys get to have the say, maybe in March, on how the Skyac is viewed and how CMS is viewed? I think it means a lot to me. It means a lot to my teammates, and it's really been the goal of our class since we've come in. So our goal from the beginning of the year is always to win the conference and have that be the method in which we get into the tournament. 
So it would be an incredible accomplishment for us to pull that off. So let's talk about the season that has been so far. Um, looking at how you guys have done, I know I, I debated. I'm like, do I get did I get CMS on? Do I get Pomona Pitzer on? They're both kind of in the battle. Jeez, Redlands has entered the picture. I went with you guys because I, I wanted to get your perspective on. And obviously, Pomona Pitzer's across the street. Technically, I could have just asked everybody to come into the same room. And we could have had this conversation. But from your perspective on how the season has gone, uh, three losses, St. Saint, uh, Thomas of Texas, Laverne, um, and unfortunately, Pitzer in overtime. Are, are you guys still improving? How's the season going? Yeah, I think we've gotten better over the course of the season and are continuing to improve. We played a really good strength of schedule early. We played Mary Hart and Baylor, played St. Thomas, went up to the Northwest. Um, played some teams up there as well. But as the season's gone on, you know, we've gotten banged up a little bit, lost a couple of guys to injuries, but really have a strong next man up mentality. So we've continued to roll with the punches, continue to improve. And I think we're trending in the right direction coming towards the end of the season. Yeah, so St. Thomas has proven to be a pretty good team early in its Division Three life. Obviously, Pomona Pitcher's a really good team. I think the one that would people would look at and go, what the heck happened? 6-12, and 12, Laverne tripped them up. I know anything's possible in conference play, but even from your perspective, was that just because Laverne was ready for you guys or was it because of something else? Or is it one of those where you just have to chalk it up to, yeah, it was after Christmas break and we weren't ready for conference play yet? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's one of those ones where every single conference game is tough and particularly road conference games are even tougher. Um, Laverne had a really good game plan for us and we just came out and kind of didn't execute and, Taking away from that game, though, we had a lot of things that we knew we needed to improve on, and I think that loss has allowed us to build up to a point now where we're much better than potentially would have been had we not had those lessons from that game. And that's the thing, is, and, and anybody will say on the show especially that it's the result that you tackle out of that. Did, did you learn from something, or did you continue the slide and didn't learn anything from it or didn't expect it to be that big a deal? Um You've got – obviously, you avenged the, the, the result against Laverne. Uh, I'm curious, when you look at what's coming still ahead, right? You still have Pomona, I believe, um, to be played. Yeah, it's the final, <laughs> final game of the season at Pomona. Again, don't strain yourself walking across the street. Um, how do, do you look that far ahead, or is it the fact you got Whittier ahead and then Chapman and then Occidental that takes more precedent? Definitely, it's a game-by-game game mentality for us. Our coaches really preach that, that it's one game at a time, particularly when we're looking at the next game, a road game in conference, like we just talked about, any given day in conference is a battle. So we're really looking at it one game at a time and just trying to take it day-by-day day and handle business that way. i, I got to give you a little bit of a hard time because you were on the road against Laverne 10 minutes down the road against mm-hmm. Laverne. Uh, it wasn't Redlands. I, I, what I actually, I'm giving you a hard time because I find that so fascinating that you've got all these colleges, Claremont, Mudd, Scripps, Pomona, Pitzer, Laverne, all of them in such close proximity on top of each other. Listen, we're used to schools on the East Coast being really close together, but not literally on each other's campuses. Uh, you guys are literally a part of each other's worlds, except when you take on the, the floor. You could be having classes against rivals or with classes with rivals 
and then go literally play against each other that night. Tell me the nuances on that and, and what it means to choose a school like I want to go to Claremont or I want to go to Mud or I want to go to Scripps uh, versus I want to go to Pomona or Pitzer and, and the nuances of making those decisions because that's a little foreign to me as much as I've been in Division Three forever. I still don't fully understand that. It's such a unique environment, and I'm very thankful that it's a part of my college experience. But like you said, you go to class on a day-to-day basis. I I took a class at Pomona my freshman year. You can take a yeah. class at any of the five colleges. So you can go into class first day, get the syllabus, and realize, oh, I'm sitting next to my matchup for the Pomona pitcher game. It's a really crazy environment. And then you also have the dining hall situation because we can eat at any of the five dining halls. Fair. So. You know, if we if we beat Pomona, we can walk into the Pomona dining hall. They beat us, they can walk in in their tracksuits to our dining hall. So it makes for a really unique competitive environment, and it's just a ton of fun. And listen, I, I I'm in Baltimore, and there's a there's a college group here: Hopkins and and Towson, Goucher, uh, Notre Dame, and some others. We can all take classes at our respective at the respective colleges too. It's just mm-hmm. not norm. I mean, you can do it. It's just not. It's not the it's not what everyone actually does, but in mm-hmm. reality, I'm still a Goucher student, and the chances of me probably being in a classroom of somebody else isn't there. The combinations I find fascinating, and it's still on my bucket list to come out. Uh, I was out there a year and a half ago for some work, and I couldn't get to any of the games, but it's still there. But when it comes to the rivalries, when you guys then play each other, and I joke a bit about being across the street, but you're literally across the street from your other gym. What is that dynamic like? Does do the campuses understand the nuances of CMS is playing Pomona or Laverne, or is it even confusing for the regular student to fully grasp all of that and who they're supposed to be rooting for? No, the students get it a hundred percent. So, for instance, when we played Pomona the first time, they came to our place, like you said, walked right across Sixth Street, and they brought probably. 500 to 700 fans with them. I think the wow. ultimate attendance was around 1,500. Completely packed out our gym, which is an incredible facility too. But I um, see it in the background. <laughs> yeah, I mean, filled filled this place up. It was an incredible atmosphere. So the students really buy into the rivalry, and it's such. I mean, like I said, such a unique. Uh oh, well, he's there. No, we're back. We're good. We're good. Um curious tell me about this team uh you're one of three guys who've played in all 20 games so far you've started all 20 as well you're leading the team at 21.3 points a game um you're you're you've got guys who are scoring 15 and a half in uh kieran cruz 15 points from Rhett carter justin pratt's got 12 points matt meredith's got seven your leading rebounder uh is uh kenyon with 5.8 i'm sorry no it's uh meredith with six um, you're up there as well with five yourself or even more than that. Yeah, five rebounds. Give me a sense of who these guys are. Who? What makes this team click and what, what works so well? So from the start, I think the motor of our team is Brian Kenyon. He's mm-hmm. a great point guard. And when I say point guard, he's the classic definition of a point guard. He's the guy that kind of has the control of the game in the palm of his hands, both offensively and defensively. He takes the toughest defensive assignments on a nightly basis, and he really orchestrates everything. Kieran, Kieran's actually my roommate. He plays on the wing with me. 
Um, really good scorer, all-around player. And then we also have Rhett inside, who's just a beast, physical in the paint, really good post-touch, and a guy that at a D3 level, it's such such a commodity to have someone like him where you can just throw it in and get 15 points a game off of him scoring in the post. So I feel like we have a really well-rounded team, a lot of guys that contribute in a variety of ways, and that's really contributed to our success so far. Uh, yeah, he's the prototypical point guard. 7.2 assists per game. His turnover number is insane. It's 1.3. He's got an assist-to-turnover ratio of 5.5 to 1. Those are ridiculous numbers. But it's like what second you, in NCAA. I, 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 yeah, I believe you're right. Um, and I know your SID is nearby. We're not going to pretend he's just making better stats for the guys. I kid. I'm <laughs> kidding. But my point is, when you got a guy who can distribute like that, you must know that when he's getting you the ball, he already knows you're in a position to do something with it, or he would have gone to somebody else, and that's not a negative. That's just he understands the court that well. Oh, absolutely. And he he's really an extension of the coach on the court. He orchestrates actions, for instance. He can come down the court and say, you know, we're going to get you this type of screen on this possession to try try to free you up and just is able to read it all, kind of see things as they develop. And I just have the ultimate trust with the ball in his hands, honestly. And the numbers back that up to be one of the leaders in the assisted turnover ratio in the country, averaging seven a game. It speaks for itself. Uh Again, you got four games, or I'm sorry, five games left in the regular season, three on the road at Whittier, Chapman, and Occidental, then home against Redlands, then back on the road against Pomona Pitzer. So you've got a bit of a road schedule, as we've said tongue-in-cheek here, the rest of the way in the Skyac. What what are you guys accomplishing? And and I not to bring up the scary of last season where you guys lost five of your last seven uh, and six of your last um, ten, are you are you or six of your last nine or something? I've, I've lost track. But are you are you leaning on? Hey, we can't let that happen. Or have you forgotten it and you're only focusing on making sure you get accomplished what you need accomplished now? I think we acknowledge that that was the end of our season last year. But at the same time, we brought back a lot of minutes from last year. A ton of returners. Brian was back. I'm back. Kieran's back. Rhett's back. Matt's back. All of those guys returned from that team from last year, and so. To have more experience and to have gone through that together, I think it's really helped us stay pretty tight-knit as we come down the final stretch here. Um, back to the school as itself. I'm curious, you're from Lake Oswego, um, Oregon, right outside of Portland. What enticed you to come down to Skyac land and, and CMS versus any of the Northwest Conference schools especially the wits that are that are obviously very good at the time. What what enticed you to come to Southern Cal? And if you tell me it's because of the weather, I'm going to roll my eyes pretty hard. Well, I can't lie. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd say there's a handful of factors. The first one was I was really looking for a place to get a great education. Sure. I particularly was interested in the business and finance world, and CMC has a really strong program in that department. Okay. So that was a large part of it. The academics, the focus on business and finance really played a large role. And then over time, developing a good relationship with Coach Galmanini, I think, also played in a really important role as well. Um, I can't lie. The weather, the weather was pretty nice, too. When I... I was talking to coach and I would look out the window when he was texting me and it's 40 <laughs> degrees and cloudy and raining in Oregon. And I got to look at the weather app and say, 
it's 75 in Claremont in January. It was, that's a pretty good pitch. Admittedly though, the lake at Lake Oswego is pretty nice. It's a nice, it's a pretty lake. It's a pretty lake. I've driven around it. I know it. Uh, Mm. I saw a Salisbury University flag, which is in Maryland. Don't know how that related, but I almost drove off the road. Um, well, I appreciate the insight on on yourself, on the team. Uh, before I let you go about yourself, though, I do kind of curious: what makes you tick? What makes what 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 provides the impetus when you're on offense to get it done? And are you hoping to take that and, and still play when the college career is over, or do you have aspirations to to move on into the into the non-athletic uh, professional world? I'd say. For me personally, I'm just a very internally motivated and competitive person. So I just I love being able, particularly coming out in these games with guys that I'm so close with. I really think it's that that drives me on the basketball front. I think playing professionally would be an incredible opportunity and something that I would love to do potentially post-graduation. So definitely something I'd like to consider. You may not be able to play where the weather's so nice. Just warning you. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) <laughs> the basketball is more important anyway. I hear you. When you're getting paid, it's a whole different conversation. Absolutely. Hey, Josh, really appreciate the insight. Good luck the rest of the season. Uh, the the battles between, I mean, that that game you guys had with Pomona Pitzer was so much fun to watch. Um, certainly looking to see how um, what else you guys can do, where this conference can go, and, and how you guys finish the season. So I appreciate the time. We have a tradition on the show. We always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Not, not anything on the top of my mind, but thank you for having me. Absolutely, Josh. Good luck the rest of the way. Good luck with your education as well. Obviously, that's the most important. Enjoy it, and we'll look forward to seeing how the Stags do the, the rest of the season and, and, and where you might be come March. <laughs> Sounds good. Josh Angle joining us on the uh, Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time. Running a little bit behind, do those technical issues. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Keen Men's Basketball. You're watching Hoopsville. Back after this. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. It's on us, it's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us, it's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. I'm cutting that off, folks, just because we went through the air a little too long there. So I, I, I made a scheduling problem. It was bound to happen, and I finally did it. Uh, I accidentally booked uh, Kane and Kane, Kane State and, and John Carroll at the exact same time at 7:45. Did not catch it till just now when I couldn't figure out why no one was showing up on the chat. So we've deleted our tweet. We've reset things. We're going to chat here for a few minutes. Uh, in a couple of minutes, um, literally in a couple of minutes, we will be talking to Tana England and one of her players from uh, Wisconsin Eau Claire. Then we'll talk to Pete Moran at John Carroll at 7:45. We'll delay happy hours just slightly. And we'll talk at the top of the hour with Ryan uh, Kane from Keene State uh, about his program. So, uh, innocent error on my part. Didn't catch it till just now, but uh, it is what it is, and we move on. If you've got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also join us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Hoopsville. Um, I'm actually refreshing that stream. For whatever reason, it seems rather behind on the YouTube side. Um but join us. Uh, if you got questions, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll answer them. Hoopsville at d3sports.com is also an option. Uh, and we'll look forward uh, to any questions you may have. We'll delay happy hour till about 8.15 or so uh, with everybody who will join us there. Um, and we'll have some at the beginning, and we'll have some come in later, and we'll have some later on. Uh, the reason the door is open, and the fan, if you can't, you can't see it, but the fan is on. It got a little warm in here. Uh, so we have, we're cooling things down uh, just a bit. Um, Let's see. There was uh, there was something I wanted. I spotted that I wanted to double check on. Um, but I can't figure out where it is now. Um, oh, the fundraiser. That's what I wanted to mention. Um, we're going to tweet that out. Hey, we'll do that right now as we speak. The fundraiser, of course, is uh, this show is part of the fundraising efforts of our show to try and promote people to. To, to help us uh, continue with uh, with our programming. And uh, go to the show page. That's what we want. Um, this is our way of continuing our efforts. We uh, have been very successful in fundraising in the past. And last year, we decided to uh, take a seat from it and take a break. And uh, I think oh, that might have been a mistake. We overthought it. A lot of people have asked us about it. Um, and so we're using this as a fundraising effort as well. There's also a shirt um, that you can purchase. We'll actually go to those websites real quick. Our fundraising efforts through um, Give Butter is at $410. It's a little higher, as you can see, in the upper corner because we have gotten some donations via Venmo. We appreciate it. If you want to grab the... Um, the uh, Q code right there on your screen, you're welcome to. I know some of you listen to the uh, podcast are not seeing what that is, but on the show page, we have links to all of these. There is the apparels, and there you go. We got some shirts uh, up. We, we have heard some requests for polos. We'll look into that. 
But uh, some of the new things we have is we have a long sleeve shirt now, which says school, uh, you know, your school name supports Hoopsville. Um, you can also just get the Hoopsville logo on that. Um, you can get it in a couple of different colors. It does say I support uh, D3 Sports. I might have to work on that. I, I wanted to say I support D3 Hoops. We'll circle back on that um, and whatnot, but you can get that choice. Uh, and as we mentioned, again, some of the other shirts out there, you can get them in different colors and different looks. And, you of course, have the Hoopsville 20th Anniversary shirt uh, in a couple of different colors as well. The proceeds from the, sh- from the uh, store help benefit us. The store is only open until the end of the night. February 17th. That's when things will shut down. That way people can get these things, uh, hopefully, if, if real lucky, by the end of the regular season. Most likely that won't happen because I can't imagine shipments will be out in 10 days. Uh, they'll take two weeks or so to get out to people. So hopefully in the middle of the conference or the NCAA tournament, uh, we'll be able to do, uh, you'll be able to get your shirts. And again, there's our uh, fundraising campaign. So consider helping us out. Um, the links are on the website. We've also sent out links on social media especially on Twitter. Um, please give us a, a follow, give us a like, do whatever you need to do. Um, we appreciate any of the support you can to keep us uh, moving as well. Um, and there you go. So go to our website and you will find all the information you want to get to those things. And we'll continue to tweet out that information uh, throughout the rest of our campaign run as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And, well, I'm not back. Sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't move us on to, uh, there we are. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll get Wisconsin Eau Claire on the line. Talk to Tanya Anglin, Anglin and her staff, or her, or her student athletes there. And uh, still ahead, Keene State and John Carroll. We'll talk to both of them. Still ahead before we turn things over to the happy hour. You're listening to Hoops Show presented by D3 Hoops from the WBCA NABC studios. Back with more after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To To stop stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. 
We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. We continue on here as we're about to close out eight hours on the program, and we're not done because we still have three more segments to do with with coaches or guests of some kind, and then we go to our happy hour, which should be a lot of fun. At least that's what I've been told. Uh, we will uh, have friends of the show, as it were, joining us on the program and looking forward to uh, talking all things D3 at that point in time. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can join us uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go back to the Huddle Hoopsville hotline where we're talking Wyack women's basketball. Admittedly, um, may have jinxed the Blue Golds. That, that, uh, that, that might have been me, Coach. I apologize now in advance. Uh, invited you all on. Now you're on a two-game losing streak. Uh, people talk about the Hoopsville uh, jinx. Maybe it is. Maybe it exists, and maybe I am at fault. Tanya Anglin joins us from Eau Claire. Coach, good to have you. Thanks for having us. Um, just want to thank you for how much you emphasize D3 um, hoops, athletics, and um, the great things about it. We're, we're happy to be here to represent Eau Claire today. Well, I appreciate it. And we should point out we're going to fix the graphic here. Shortly, Jesse uh, Redland joining us as well, your uh, senior. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us, whether you had a choice or not. I'm sure Coach wanted you to to, to, to uh, come in and, and take some of the heat too, right? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Love chatting um, uh, with student-athletes. That's the best part of this job sometimes. Uh, let's talk about the season. Um, first off, the WIAC looks like it's as crazy as it always is. Is it, is it not, Coach? It is. And I have to say, you know, I've been here 23 years now. I'm almost kind of the senior uh, member of the league, which is kind of scary to um, uh, understand that. But um, in all of my years, I believe this is the best the WIC has ever been. Um, and I think a lot of my colleagues would also agree with me on that. Um, top to bottom, it, it is crazy good. And so, like you said, obviously, we're not happy that we're on a two game losing streak. But I have to say, um, I believe that we've played the best this year. We've played the Hopes. We've played the Trines. Uh, we've played Wartburg. Um, we're in our league now, and we believe that our league is right there with a lot of those teams that we've seen nationally. So it's a pride point for us. A big shout-out to the WIC because we're proud of the great basketball that our conference is playing right now. No, I think that was one of the reasons I wanted you on was when I looked through the schedule. You know, you had Wartburg in the first game of the season. Maybe not the Wartburg we're used to seeing, but still a darn good Wartburg team. Um, you had Bethel on the schedule, Hope on the schedule, and and be fair, you only lost to Hope by 12, and I, and I do mean only, because Hope has been known to absolutely dismantle very good basketball teams. St. Norbert on the schedule, of course, all the Wyacks trying, who you beat, 70, excuse me, 75-68. DePaul, while maybe not the behemoth we're used to, still a good team, well coached, 65-51. Jesse, from your perspective, when you see a schedule like that in in the preseason or the season ahead, do you want to go into coach's office and go, hey, listen, I'm all for a challenge, but for the love of everything, could, could we have at least gotten a few less? 
Well, I look at it as a challenge and I get excited to get to play such awesome competition. It definitely makes us better as a team. And um, I don't know, it's just something that I look forward to. It made me well, excited, especially this season. It, it, it's And it, you've had a great season with it. Uh, you, you talk about the conference. Coach, I'll get more from you in a second. But Jesse, first, you know, this is a conference that has had the Oshkoshes out there. Um, Whitewater has certainly stood tall in this conference in years past, done well in the NCAA tournament. When Coach says this is the best she's ever seen it, what's your perspective as a senior on what the competition level is like? I definitely agree with her on that statement. I think every team will give us their best game. Um, there's a lot of talent in this league and a lot of gritty players and great coaching. So I think it's a, it's a great league to be in and it's where we want to be. So I agree with her 100%. Three-way tie right now atop the conference. Eau Claire, Whitewater, and Stout all 7-3. and three. Um, And then you have you guys sitting at 6-4, and four, meaning this is far from over. It is wide open, Coach. Uh, of course, ahead for you after taking some tough losses to River Falls and Oshkosh or Whitewater, Platteville, Stevens Point, and Stout. In other words, everyone who's battling for everything. How do you move past the two games and, and get them focused on Whitewater and what's ahead? Well, I think I've, I have five seniors on this team um, that all – understand what you have to do in this league to win the regular season championship. It, it's consistency. It's, it's great defense. You have to rise to the occasion every night. You've got to find a way to win on the road and you've got to be great at home. And um, the Oshkosh game last night was a great game. We had 1200 people here for that game. Crazy good crowd, um, you know, hosting the NCAA tournament last year and having that opportunity. We have, I mean, fabulous fans that um, I mean, it's the best time of the year. And so I'm, I'm very fortunate to have five seniors that were NCAA tournament team last year. Um, you know, Oshkosh Whitewater and ourselves were all in the mix last year and um, had those opportunities to make those runs at the end of the year. And so um, I just, I feel like, again, I'm going to lead on my five seniors and their great leadership. Um, also just want to, you know, tell everybody um, Jesse's leading the league and scoring um, is one of the best players in the country. Um, has been really fun to watch evolve through our program and started as a freshman and has just continued to grow and grow and grow her role. Um, but it's just an outstanding student athlete, a great, great representative of the university as well. And so um, when you get in this point as a coach, these are the things that you try to do in your program is that you win with great kids and you put them in an opportunity to win a championship. And now I think I'm just going to rely and trust on my five seniors to understand what it's going to take to get there. Well, and it's a good group to, to lean back on. Jesse, you're leading the way in scoring at 18.7 points a game as one of those seniors. Uh, four rebounds on top of that, two and a half assists, shooting uh, not too bad from the floor at 42%. That puts a big target on your back along with the rest of the senior class. How is how's your approach every game? I just take it uh, game by game, and I definitely lean on my teammates and coaching staff. Um, they've instilled confidence in me from day one as a freshman. So um, I always want to compete to my uh, highest potential and just play as a team and go from there. What's it like um, to be in a position where you are the one everyone is keying on defensively to try and stop? And on the flip side of that, how do you then get everybody else involved? It's mm-hmm. a good question. Um, I definitely got to be a little bit more craftier when people are kind of FaceTime or face guarding me, but um, <laughs> I also 
like give other opportunities to my teammates who are open and I create for them. So that's what I try to focus on on offense. Uh, by the way, I will coach, add this year. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our coaching is so great in the league. Um, Jesse's leading the league with the double teams, the blitzes, the special, everything. I mean, they're throwing everything at her. And so she's grown her game. She also is distributing, distributing to her teammates. And a lot of people know this, but last year we won the conference tournament championship at Whitewater. Jesse got hurt in that game and was not able to play in the NCAA tournament. And so that that is something that has stayed with us. And the fact that she didn't get that opportunity last year, it's what we want to do this year is to win the league, to get back there and to give her that opportunity to see what we can do as a team and for her to be able to be on that national platform as well. Well, it's working so far. What's amazing, coaches, uh, a lot of the guests I've had today, a lot of the guests I've had all season talk about their seniors and talk about their leaders, certainly well said and well deserved. But then you look at the stat line, and it's a mix. It's underclassmen, it's seniors. Sometimes the seniors are not the ones who are leading the way because you've got some great underclassmen. Interesting enough, the five leading scorers for this team are the five seniors. And in some ways, it's like they've put it on their their shoulders to say, yeah, we're getting this done this season. And the underclassmen will learn and figure that all out, but we're good enough to get this done. Is that a good read? How How is that dynamic? Because it's to be honest, it's rare. Um, it's interesting because we just had that chat as a group <laughs> in the fact that, um, you know, Jesse's been with me for four years. My other four seniors actually transferred into the program and have come in and just been, I mean, tremendous. And so we've talked about that. This is what we pointed for um, to have last year. We got the experience. We won a conference tournament championship this year. We want the regular season, but we were maybe on paper last year, a little young um, pointing to that this year we would not be. And so those five seniors that that's, they understand and comprehend that that's their, that's what we want them to do. Um, and that's why, again, I say it's the best time of the year, but um, it's not just great basketball players that I have in seniors. Uh, our team GPA this year right now is at a three, seven, three. And just, I mean, outstanding student athletes. And so um, this is what you point to as a coach is when you get these types of teams that you enjoy it and you let them drive. They, they know where they're going. They understand what we do as a culture within our program. And I trust them. Maybe we've lost the last two games, but um, we're about life lessons and culture here and that that's going to make us better. Uh, interesting enough, Jesse, you listed as a point guard. I'm, I'm kind of curious. You don't usually see the point guards leading the way in terms of scoring and these other details because they're the ones who are, are you know, getting everybody else involved, which you certainly do. What's it like to be in charge of that kind of offense when you've got so many options to go to, but it also comes back to you? It's definitely um, a good dynamic we got on our offense. I'm looking to create for others while also um, using the ball screens my teammates uh, give to me and looking for my own shot. So I think it's a good dynamic we have and um, it's efficient when it's going. So I like it. <laughs> I like the fact that she's a, a 5'10", 5'11", point guard too. It is very yeah. rare to see that. Um, I was a 5'10 point guard and played at St. <laughs> Thomas. And so, of course, I'm going to like that. Right. Um, but that really helps us. I mean, having a big point guard like that, she sees over the top of things. And um, there's just been so many times I can say, like the trying game, she hit back-to-back threes down the stretch for us. Last night, she hit three threes to bring us back within um, at the end of the game. Um, we, we get on her shoulders a lot of times. And that's where with our seniors, there is that shared leadership. But 
Um, I, I, I truly believe Jesse is one of the best players in the country. I truly believe that. And I've watched a lot of basketball this year and see a lot of teams. And so um, we're lucky because we have a group that understands that on any given night, anyone can rise to the occasion and yeah. help us win. Hey, interesting enough, last season you lost two in a row at about this point. February 9th and 12th, you lost to Stout and Stevens Point before rattling off five straight, which included getting the NCAA tournament, beating North Central in the first round, and then just losing in what was a great game against Milliken. So two-game losing streaks don't really mean a ton. Do you guys even look back at last year in that way to say, hey, remember, we've been down this road, we can, we can still make this happen, or is it all forgotten and it's all about right now? No, actually, it was just a part of the conversation. Just had a great um, talk with my seniors, and we talked about that. It was about this time of the year last year that we came together. We identified what we had to get better at. Um, honestly, I've done this for so long. That's mostly what I'm interested in. I'm interested in that when times get tough, how do we get better? Because yeah. we are, I mean, these are young adults. They're going to go out into the world, and they're going to have the same things. And so, yes, that happened last year. And I can tell you, I was so pleased with how we responded last year. Um, it brought out the best in us. And so that's what we're, what we're doing this year. And I have to say, like, we're, we have great teams that we're playing against. And so I think I just looked at your, your um, link that you have on D3 Hoops. I believe Whitewater is number two. We are sixth. And I believe Oshkosh is fifth in strength of schedule. Um, just crazy good. And so yeah. um, you throw the trines in and the Wartburgs and all the teams that we've played uh, you maybe will have those games sometimes that are a little bit difficult because of the grind, but ultimately I believe that's what brings out the best in you in the postseason. No, absolutely. We talk about that a lot, about how a game in November can be used in March in some capacity to help one uh, help a team become better. It's why events like the Hoopsville Classic, when we did it, it was actually we, we meant to do that. We wanted to give those opportunities of a good battle. Uh, Jesse, before we let you go, I want to learn more a little bit about you. We're out of Rochester, Minnesota. Interesting enough, got recruited by someone who, who, who played at a Minnesota school to come to a YX school. I'm not surprised in the slightest, but I am interested in the fact that your sister played hoops at Arizona State. Your father played football at Northwestern. What drove you to become uh, a Division three student athlete? I just uh, I've heard such great things about this program and the school, and um, I've loved it every single second of it, and I just knew from the start it was like the best fit for me and my um, level of play, so it worked out perfectly. And you're a nursing student, and I know for a fact that nursing is one of those tough majors, along with teaching and pre-med and others, mm -hmm. to balance especially uh, your academics, not to mention you're playing a sport where your academics are one thing one semester and something completely different the next. What's, what's that life balance been like for you? I definitely learned uh, time management and uh, kind of balancing uh, basketball and nursing. It's been busy, but it's also been a great challenge and life um, lesson for me so coach has done a great job of um, helping me through it and my teammates definitely support me through the way too and, and coach she's I know be, she's going to be a great nurse because um, she is someone who is so selfless um, you're talking a great player who yeah. many times is thinking about her teammates before she's thinking about herself and that will equate to being a tremendous professional for sure 
absolutely agree. After spending two weeks in a hospital where all I saw were nurses, for the most part, uh, I have a huge respect for nurses. Um, and, uh, yeah, thinking of others is key, <laughs> to say the least. Hey, I, I got a great picture that I got to show. We're going to put it up on the screen. It shows the entire team, I think, or a good chunk of the team, standing in front of a new construction site. Everybody's got a uh, shovel. Everyone's wearing hard hats. Uh, and everyone's in uniform. I'll admit that's not what you see every day, Coach. What, what are we seeing here, and, and what's so important about it? Well, we included that picture so that everybody could see. We are um, in our current facility in Zorn, which was built in 1951. We will play in that facility this year and next. And then we are moving into a $125 million state-of-the-art new basketball arena um, that will be the Sonente Complex. Um, we are so, so fortunate here at UW-Eau Claire to have had that gift given by the Sun and Tags. Um, it will open. Um, we will move in there and have a 5,000-seat basketball arena that will also have attached to it. Um, Mayo will be a part of that complex, and we'll also have an um, indoor turf facility. We believe that um, we already have a great program here, and Zorn Arena is very special. It's been around forever. We've won a yeah. lot of games there. Um, but having that new complex and having everything state of the art is really going to take us to that top level where we want to be. And so that picture that you see there is our group out in front um, where they broke ground. And the more as possible is our ism this year. Um, we felt like we did a lot last year and we believe that more is possible this year. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of significance in that picture. That's why we wanted to include that for you. No, that's great. I appreciate it. Uh, certainly a good insight uh, on what that is. And, and I think we had somebody, I think you had your AD on uh, yes. actually when we talked about that thing being debuted. And, and it's what, what a magnificent item to say the least. Um, and so I do have to ask, though, Jesse, you're on the end of that picture, which uh, we were showing there for a while. Is it a, is it a little bittersweet, the fact that uh, that place will not be ready uh, obviously it wasn't ready for this season, but the, the, they'll be playing in in the future and you won't be able to necessarily get a chance at it yourself. Well, I do love Zorn. Zorn's been my home these past couple of years. So the facility is definitely spectacular, but um, it's very special for me to end my career in Zorn. Yeah, I can appreciate that for sure. And we can all say too, being able to host the NCAA tournament last year again, it was packed. Yeah. We had people standing outside waiting to get in. Um, like it, it is a unique basketball atmosphere. We have a lot of our supporters that are tuning in today and we want to give a shout out to them, but, um, what we're a part of is significant. And so we had 12, 1200 people last night, 5,000 seat arena for women's mm -hmm. basketball for us is, is what, that's what we're shooting for. That's the great thing about D3 in Eau Claire is that people love it. Yeah. That's the Calvin size. And and when it's full, it is a heck of an atmosphere. So uh, I wish you all the luck in getting that completed and enjoying that in the near future. I do have a suggestion from those who have built facilities of late, like NYU. Maybe try and make sure the water doesn't get anywhere near the court. That's just We don't need any burst pipes ruining any well, we experiences. A, we will have a river running right in front of that that is absolutely that beautiful across that's the That's risky, campus, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, could just be, I mean, this, the setup of us being right across from campus is awesome. It's right next yeah. to our hockey arena, too. So it really right. is going to be, yeah, it's just going to be a great place for our athletic department. Now, Jessie's going to be back for some alumni games to make sure she gets some reps in, in that gym, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I will be. Hey, 
Jesse, Tanya, thanks so much for coming on. Really great to chat with you all. Uh, we have a tradition on the show that we give the last word to the guests. We'll start with Jesse. Uh, Coach, you can finish up when she's done. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. And this has been such an exciting season, and it's not done yet. So we have a lot of things we're looking forward to, taking it game by game. But, yeah, stay tuned into what we're going to do. Absolutely. And I'll leave you with that. Um, one of my isms in the office here, I always say, is make the big time where you're at. Um, I played Division One ball for two years, and I transferred to St. Thomas. We won a national championship the year that I transferred there. Um, Division Three is the big time. It's where you make the big time where you're at in that, like, you love and you're passionate about what you do. Um, and so that's my advice to everyone is that D3 is special. Um, and that's why we appreciate what you do. But, uh, again, for everybody, make the big time where you're at. Well said. No, good way of saying it. Um, that's that's better than sulking it. Maybe you didn't get what you wanted. Uh, make it make it big now. Um, well said. Thank you very much, ladies. Really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way. You're right. The the Wyack race is a dandy to watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all comes to a close. Enjoy the last few weeks of the season, and we'll look forward to catching up down the road. Absolutely. Go Blue Golds. Thank, Thank you. you. And thank you, Jesse Rudin and Tanya Englund joining us here on the uh, Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Great to chat with them. Uh, f- facilities coming along nicely, programs coming along nicely, and that is a undersung race on the women's side. I think a lot of people saw the amount of losses on that and were confused by it. That is a darn good race. And as Coach said, there's some good coaches there as well who are making it even better. We'll take a break. When we come back, switch gears, talk men's basketball, talk to John Carroll about their breakout season as well. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this.